Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. So the price of Bitcoin is plummeting right now, and that is renewing uh, the perennial debate about how much Bitcoin is really worth or whether it's worth anything at all. I'm Annie Reese. Yes, I'm recording. And this is Politico Dispatch. I'm Ben Schreckinger. I cover tech, finance, and politics for Politico. Bitcoin this week fell to its lowest level since July of last year, which, as Ben said, has led to a lot of people questioning whether Bitcoin is worth anything. It's a question that doesn't just have implications for investors, but also for policymakers who have to decide uh, how they're going to regulate access to a novel and volatile asset. The drop in Bitcoin value also rang an alarm for some, as last month Fidelity Investments announced that it would soon allow participants in its 401k plans to invest some of their retirement savings in Bitcoin. So on the show today, how the long debate over the value of cryptocurrency, as Bitcoin is having an extra volatile week, is playing out in the government. So, Ben, what is Bitcoin worth right now? Like, what does it fall into, roughly? Well, as of right now, it's worth about a little shy of $32,000 per Bitcoin. So uh, <laughs> the value of the network, the market value of the network remains in the sev- several hundreds of billions of dollars. Um, but there is this perennial question of whether magic internet money can justify a market value, anything like that, or whether... In the end, it'll be determined that this is really just a gimmick that's that's not worth anything. And the skeptics are having a good week, let's say. Mm-hmm. And so what I had been looking at even before this past week, the sort of crypto massacre, is the way this argument has played out between Fidelity Digital Assets, which is a subsidiary of Fidelity, Boston-based uh, asset manager, one of the largest in the world, very staid kind of an organization. Yeah, like established where your like retirement money goes, like everyone knows about this. Yeah, yeah, very buttoned down kind of place. And Nassim Taleb, the famous sort of financial intellectual celebrity, this somebody, this is someone who worked as a trader, published a book called The Black Swan right around the time of the last financial crisis, warning about unexpected risks, and that sort of catapulted him to world fame. Uh, and he is sort of a prominent thinker in business and financial circles generally and is one of the rare figures who initially expressed enthusiasm, interest in cryptocurrency. Um, and then at least when it comes to Bitcoin, which is the one he studied really closely, um, ended up concluding that it was worthless, published a, a white paper making that argument last summer that made quite a splash in crypto circles. So what is Bitcoin's potential inclusion in 401k plans? Can you just outline again why that's so significant? That's a lot of people, just normal people out there whose companies use Fidelity for their 401k uh, will soon, if all goes according to Fidelity's plans, uh, be able to allocate some of that to Bitcoin. That would be a significant milestone for this asset. Mm -hmm. By making it available through something like a 401k plan, it's pushing Bitcoin more and more to the mainstream. Uh, that may 
add to the price of Bitcoin because it's a it's a large new source of potential demand. Could stabilize the price of Bitcoin just the the more that it grows, but it also would expose these you know mom and pop investors, retirement plan participants uh, to a new asset class that's not proven and that's highly highly volatile as we've seen yeah. in the last week, which seems bad for retirement savings because those are famous for being among the most stable. That's right. You know, 401k plans have tax exemptions. They're highly regulated. They are, you know, stand-ins for something like a pension plan. And they are meant to be safe investment products. And crypto has been a risky investment. It's been, for many people, over the last 10 years or so, a very, very lucrative investment. There's no guarantee that uh, that will continue to be the case. And so this, unsurprisingly, has attracted some scrutiny, these plans of fidelity. Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts, Tina Smith of Minnesota, both Democrats, uh, sent fidelity a letter last week. They want to know if fidelity's other activities in crypto, it has a subsidiary that advises institutional investors, has even done a little bit of Bitcoin mining and the like, whether that presents a conflict of interest here in terms of their efforts to expand access to cryptocurrency investments, as well as they want to know why Fidelity is disregarding some guidance from the Labor Department that also warned of the risks of of doing something like this. So no indication that Fidelity's plans have changed. They've said that by later this year, they want to make this option available. But certainly this has caught the attention of some United States senators. Yeah, and there are already potential bills in the works. And, you know, you mentioned Senators Elizabeth Warren and Tina Smith. I think President Biden has asked federal agencies to sort of solidify the federal government's approach to crypto. Is more regulation coming for the crypto industry? It seems like there really hasn't been much policy on this before, right? Yes, more regulation is almost certainly coming. It's in large part a question of when. Uh, As you mentioned, the executive branch is now studying this coming up with recommendations. Uh, There's also movements afoot in Congress to come up with regulation. Uh, Notably, Cynthia Lummis, a Republican of Wyoming who is a a big fan of cryptocurrency, owns some Bitcoin, has teamed up with Kirsten Gillibrand, Democrat of New York. Uh, They expect to announce sometime in the coming weeks um, a framework for how they would like to see uh, Congress get into this and, and regulate it in a comprehensive way. Um, they don't really expect any of that, or at least most of it, to pass this year. Uh, but they're starting to lay the groundwork for uh, a lot of regulation that we'll expect to see in the coming years. Mm. Um, in terms of fights that have already taken place, Secretary Steve Mnuchin, the former Treasury Secretary during the Trump era, mm-hmm. at one point was pushing for a rule that was going to make it a lot harder for people to store cryptocurrency themselves in what's called a self-hosted wallet. Uh, There was a big outcry, and and he sort of backed off of that. There was some language that got tucked into the infrastructure bill that would add a lot of new tax reporting requirements to a lot of actors in the cryptocurrency space, including actors like Bitcoin miners. And there's a big fight right now as we speak over whether or really when the SEC is going to approve a spot Bitcoin ETF. Uh, A lot of money managers, including Fidelity, have applied to the SEC, said we want people to basically be able to invest in Bitcoin pretty directly via 
an ETF for some technical reasons and citing the risks of crypto. SEC has not approved any of those applications, uh, but there are futures ETFs. So you can invest through an ETF in the future price of Bitcoin. That's a pretty sort of technical, complicated investment. Mm -hmm. So there, there's definitely a belief that if and when the SEC does approve spot ETFs for Bitcoin, that's going to bring a lot of new money into the space because there are a lot of people and a lot of institutions that can or would buy an ETF um, that wouldn't go out on the internet and buy crypto directly. Didn't the SEC last week just announce a big hiring spree for their crypto team too, though? So like kind of it feels like sort of staffing up. Yeah, that's right. And that's definitely a sign that crypto is is a new regulatory reality. The SEC understands that this is a big space that's going to be around for a while and that has that is a little bit of a wild west. So, yeah, they're putting resources into into regulating it and also facing a lot of pressure from the industry to approve a spot Bitcoin ETF at some point. So we opened this conversation talking about how Bitcoin had dropped. Given all this volatility, is there a world, do you think, where Bitcoin loses its value entirely? Well, the, re the real answer is that nobody knows. There are certainly many people who feel confident that after 13 years and dips of over 80% a handful of times from which it's recovered that the Bitcoin network has proved its resiliency and proved that um, it's never going to zero. Uh, that being said, Bitcoin has lost more than 80% of its value three times. And so far, it's not 80% down from its its previous high of about $67,000. So it's very much within the realm of possibility that it continues to plummet. It's a risky, novel kind of a thing. And... People are, are watching very closely to see what does happen. But, you know, I think anyone who cares to predict the price of Bitcoin in the short or medium term is probably setting themselves up to look foolish. Ben Schreckinger, thank you so much for talking with me. Thanks so much for having me. Also in the news... New York Governor Kathy Hochul announced on Tuesday that the state is setting aside $35 million to support abortion providers and bolster security at reproductive health centers in case the U.S. Supreme Court strikes down its landmark Roe v. Wade decision. And the price of gas hit another all-time high on Tuesday, just two months after the last record-breaking prices were recorded. The nationwide average price for a gallon of regular gas was $4.37, a 17-cent jump just in the last week, according to AAA, while diesel clocked in at $5.55 per gallon. Today's episode of Politico Dispatch included music composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Be sure to follow Politico Dispatch if you haven't yet, and if you can, leave us a rating and review. It helps more people find the show. I'm Annie Reese. Thanks so much for listening.